0: Our vision is that our students become our brand, is that people find Trala because they heard somebody who composed some piece of music or played on the street or was gigging or whatever, and that person learned on Trala. So if we are very good educators, then the next generation of musicians is going to be a larger pool of people and they're going to then be creating music, right? Our, our whole thing is you use that instrument for whatever you want.
1: Welcome Welcome Everybody To Faking the Faking Notes Podcast
2: It's the Faking Notes Podcast What's good? What's good? We did it We did it, man We had a CEO on, bro In our description we, we self-actualized We said we were gonna talk To titans of industry And anyone who will talk to us And finally We have done just that Both of those things simultaneously A titan of the industry And also yeah. someone who Anyone who will talk to us yeah.
1: It's your boy TVK, I'm here with Trevor Bumgarner, and we just had a conversation with the CEO and co-founder of the Trawler app, Sam Walder. And so what's super cool about this application, first of all, if you search Violin in the App Store, it's the first one that pops up, and it is an AI-based technology that listens to you while you play and then gives you real-time feedback on things that you can do to improve. And it is geared towards beginners who have a little bit of trouble getting access, either monetarily or location-wise, to violin instruction on a daily, in-and-out basis. I mean, this is a great conversation with Sam. So we we get into a lot of things,
2: how the app starts, uh, looking at the future, how it's going to get around, What, what are some of the problems we see in classical music, and how his app our generation and people with a like-minded mission are are going out and trying to you know finally change change things free ourselves from some of these barriers that have just been uh, built up over the years mm. and so it's inspiring to hear someone who, who's got that mission at the forefront of every decision? Uh, you're still gonna learn about uh, like navigating a business, hiring a team, you know how to pl- how to plan ahead, years out in advance while still listening to the community now, adapting, evolving. It's all the things we we live by on this podcast and we love bringing people on here. the ability to you know get a little better each and every day. And go out and you know, make a make a contribution to yourself and your community. And Sam is doing that. He's he's really embodied that, and he's he's made a company out of it. His life mission is aligned with the company he's created. So, like a lot of interesting insights from someone who's who's come in it from a fairly different path, but who who is going to really help us all uh, build a better
1: future and build a better music community. Having raised three point five million dollars this year reported by Business Insider. Sam Walder is the type of guy who's really changing the landscape of what it means to learn how to play the violin. So download the Trala app if you're trying to learn how to play violin. All you got to do is look up violin in the app store. Boom. Trala, you've got it. And don't forget, if you love us, if you love the podcast, give us five stars or a review. I like and subscribe. And if you're super aud- audacious, if you're a real faking fam, share it with a friend.
2: We know you're going to enjoy this one. It's fascinating. And you're going to be hearing about uh, Sam and uh, Trala app for many, many years to come. Our next guest, Sam Walden.
1: Yeah, bro. So, Sam, thank you so much for coming, my man. I really... One thing about Faking Notes that I love is that we have the opportunity to reach out to other creatives in the space of of the arts and really gain insight on how to be nimble in time, when times are changing and I think you are somebody who saw a problem in the the pedagogical world and you've set out to to fix that. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing with trawler and what your mission is to like change the face of pedagogy for the violin.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, thank you both for having me on drew. I've been a fan for quite a while. Um, I this is our first time, but really, really like what the two of you are up to
1: Thanks, um, bro. Appreciate thank it. you.
0: Um, yeah, you're making great content and uh, I know there's going to be a really fantastic career down the line. I mean, already, um, so for Petrala, our mission is to make world-class music education accessible to every single person on earth. So one in two people on earth picks up an instrument at some point. It's like bread, right? We've been doing this for 10,000 years. This is central to, to humanity. And yet it's super inaccessible. Yeah. The barriers to entry for learning an instrument and doing anything good with it, anything that you feel good about are just completely inaccessible for like 99% of the population, right? Getting an instructor who works for you and works with you and who you can afford and who you can afford time with. I mean, it's just like the the process is very difficult and there's so many talented people out there to teach, but it's just like finding that person is, is incredibly difficult and also paying for It's just, totally out, out of the question for,
1: for most people, which is a shame. Do you, do you see, do you think that that like negatively affects like what our orchestras look like or the type of people that are able to pursue it as a profession? Does it like select for that? You think?
0: You tell me, I mean, I would say absolutely. I think there's massive class race and socioeconomic barriers in music education and music in general, but especially in classical instruments, right? In Chicago, I don't think there's a single black string player in the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Word. Wow. I mean, think about, think about you know, Chicago and the diverse mm. as a city, but also the segregation. I mean, music yeah. is a microcosm of our society and it always has been. And I think this is one of the places where everybody in music education needs to step up right now and they need to admit, hey, we've been doing things wrong and we have the resources and we have the talent and there's there's no lack of passion for teaching students. But it's just the way things have been done. And um, there's just way too many barriers. And there's amazing organizations that are trying to break this, like the People's Music School in Chicago. I don't know if the two of you have heard about this place, but now talk about it. Oh my gosh, it's incredible! So it's basically you can get free music education from really good teachers, and it's like an actual school. It's a place in Uptown on the North Side, and it's it's free. So the, all the parents you volunteer, so it's like run kind of like a commune where it's like the parents whoa cleaning <laughs> toilets and like handling the like the people coming in and out. Um, but they, what they do with that is they're giving their time and then people's music school gives their students great education. And these are the kids who deserve it the most and and want it the most. Um, and so that's changing lives. What if we could do that on a global scale? What if everybody had access to the life-changing power of music education? That's, that's what we're up to. I love Bro, it. I
1: love that. Go ahead, Trevor. It, it seems.
2: I mean, obviously, like this is a huge problem. If you think about this, like you would any science experiment, what do you do? Have the hypothesis. You look at the end result, and you make changes. The end result is is wealthy white people in orchestras, like the, and so we need to change, we have to like, let's get another hypothesis and let's, you know, make some changes because that's that's just how it's winding up. And you can look at that, think about different sports to where it's very unique to have someone who's diverse and doesn't have money in a sport like golf. Why? There's a lot of barriers to entry. Tennis, why? There's a lot of barriers to entry as opposed to other sports where at the outset, uh, like the money or access to either the equipment, you know, you need very specific yeah. things to to play golf in 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 its actual function, aka an insane amount of acreage and lots of money and like mismatched shirts and pants, like <laughs> and like like it's very hard. But as opposed to some other sports, like why you think about it, why is um football soccer? Why is that the global sport? You need a bowl and like yeah, a ball, a not ball, bowl. some ground. <laughs> And and then something to kick it between. Like it's very cheap. Something and, to kick it between. And while like you can see that in, in who can make it towards the top. Well, of course, it's not perfect. There's still financial problems as far as coaching, but it's somewhat of a of a better path in classical music. I mean, come on. The price and the barriers to entry, it is so hard go through and like learn it. There's that funny YouTube video. I can't remember if it was like a, a two set or, or someone, but uh, you know, it's like one month of piano, one year of piano, and each time they're getting a little better and it's like one year of violin, eh, yeah. two years of violin, eh, 10 years of violin. <laughs> eh. And so you went out, and I know you've mentioned in prior interviews, uh, is that you can get people past that relatively quickly, removing barriers, trying to give access to people quickly, with high-quality education and using the tools, more and more people have phones, more and more people have computers, have internet access is growing. Why not use these tools to go on a global scale? Where do you see Trola now? So you've kind of like grown this, you're getting this big base uh, of people. How are you going to get it out and and kind of like further its its life in the global space?
0: Yeah. So so how do we how do we reach? Students essentially. Mm-hmm. So right now, the majority of people who get Trala come to us organically. So you know, we rank highly on the App Store and the Play Store. If you search Violin on the App Store, we're the thing that comes up.
1: And that's in, that's incredible. Congratulations on that. That's no okay. small feat. Thank you. Um,
0: yeah, there, there's there's a couple hundred Violin apps, and you know, we've differentiated ourselves by having something that works. Right, you come to Trala. <laughs> We, you know, we have students, we don't have users, we have students, right? We used to send an interview request to every single person who used Trala. So we're, you know, we care, you know, our number one value, corporate value, right? You think about what normal corporate corporate (laughs) corporate value is every student matters. So that's, that's what we're bringing to the table every single day. And so, yeah, it's organic mostly, you know, our referral rate is pretty high. Um, people who use tralla generally seem to like it if they have some success there, um, as we grow, um, you know, it's going to be more of that. Our, our vision is that our students become our brand is that people find tralla because they heard somebody who composed some piece of music or played on the street or was gigging or whatever. And that person learned on tralla. So if we are very good educators, then the next generation of musicians is going to be a larger pool of people and they're going to then be creating music, right? Our, our whole thing is, you know, you use that instrument for whatever you want.
1: I'm a big proponent. I'm a big proponent of that. I think that music is a language that is so, and it's such, it's so cliche, but it's like an outlet, a creative (laughs) outlet that allows you to really connect with people in a way that goes beyond peace and harmony it goes into a realm of love which is crazy uh to think about in a time like this we need a little bit more love right
0: absolutely Yeah, yeah.
1: with this like
2: going on so it's like you've gone out and expanded and and i already told you so um as someone who also works and has worked in like different online ventures, I've worked with like creating online music theories and music production and currently work with tone, tone, base, uh, legal disclaimer. Um, I am, I am representing my own person, blah, blah, blah. All thoughts are mm, just my own and the yada. yada, Uh, (laughs) Julia, blah, 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 user terms of agreement. And I, I love it. And, and just, but anyways, like the whole point is just like, after being invested, uh, just like from my, from my career in, and specifically in trying to give access of online education to more people. My big driving force has always been, I think of me in rural North Carolina, not knowing what to do. And it's just like, Hey, our, like our kid was our, like, my son's weird. He likes music. No one plays classical music for an hour around us. Uh Like, what do we do with, what do we do with him? Like there's no, there's yeah. no real lessons. And so I was just a mystery to my parents and I didn't have access to these types of education platforms that now, even just 15 years later are, are booming. So like the, the particular thing I really love about Trolla is that it, it checks off that box. It's, it's affordable and it's just got like a really driven, tested, tailored education focus to get in, and give access to uh, music to people that normally would not have this. And so you've, you've gone beyond just rural North Carolina. This is global. This is new. It's affordable and you've seen, and you've seen results. So like hats off to you.
0: Let me tell you three stories about, about students. Um, Number one. So uh, Rachel, Rachel Miller, she's our, our head of student success. Um yeah she's my know, friend. Yeah. Really really fantastic. Um she brought on a special guest to one of our all hands meetings uh last Friday. She, you know, we we have, you know, everybody in the team comes together and talks. So she said I'm going to bring a guest. It's a surprise. So this guest was a Charles student um named Hanya. She uh she has an incredible story. She had, was born with with uh, her, her left arm she can't twist it which is like totally prohibitive for playing the violin right if you can't do this you can't play the violin or the viola or most instruments actually
1: you wouldn't want to play viola <laughs> well i mean we can just take that out of context yeah look okay do not chop that up trevor <laughs> and do not make that a clip and do not make that go viral i'm mad at you <laughs> anyway
0: um so, so her teacher is like, "You should sing. You should take up singing." She said, "I don't want to sing. I uh, th- this instrument speaks to me. The, it's the violin. That that's my instrument." And so she DIYed and swapped her instrument right to left, so the chin rest is on the other side, and the G string is where the E string is. And, you know, whatever that does for. Jimi Hendrix did.
2: Yep, I was just yeah. about to say it. Exactly. Yeah, pull exactly. to Jimmy.
0: It's like that was huge shocker. Teacher was like, "You can't do that. That's, you know, how dare you? Blasphemy! You no, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you how dare
1: you? How dare you?
0: <laughs> like, why is this such a big deal? Why is this such a big deal? And so, so she found Trolla and she was learning, and she played for. She's playing beautifully. And this wasn't. This wasn't like a. Oh, we're like nodding and smiling and. You know, <laughs> You know, no, she's playing beautifully and actually very artistically. In that, like, she sways her body a lot because of the mobility in her left arm, and so actually, like, uses that natural musicality from a very like beginning foundation. And so, so that's somebody who it's like, you know, increasing accessibility. Teacher wouldn't take her troll. We're like the Statue
1: of Liberty. Come on, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it kind of worked out for a minute <laughs> so recently. <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah, we can get to that in a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. We got to talk about pandemic economics, you know?
0: And then, uh, I said, I was, I was going to do three. I'll just do one more. Yeah, um, sure. so there's uh, we have a three another... story
2: limit. Otherwise we, we, we cut you off. We take yeah, the then keys. We gotta, yeah. We got to cut we you take off. The keys. It's over.
0: <laughs> another fantastic student, Brian. Um, he's a long haul truck driver. He's in his fifties. And it's just been amazing to hear his story of going from when he, he said, you know, he was just playing games on his phone. He was just addicted to his phone all the time. So he'd go to trucks, you know, drive all day, tired, mm-hmm. and then just get on the phone, go to sleep, do it again. Like, what a life. Love it.
2: Woo-hoo. And
0: <laughs> think how many people live like that.
2: Uh, so many people. I mean, a so many a, a majority, of, I'd assume, in America.
0: By. By the the conditions that we're in, and so he decided, you know what, I am going to pick up the violin. Um, obviously, no uh, no violin teachers hang out at truck stops. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. We, we don't got know, some I'm names. Not, we not got some names. Joke, <laughs> I'm not going to
1: <laughs> make a joke here. I don't know.
2: <laughs> so so it's
0: been it's been wonderful to hear his his journey of the 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 path from. All the other truckers coming to his window and telling him to to shut up and stop playing. Two truckers coming to his window and asking him to roll it down so they can hear. And that's been a full story arc right there. Mm. All of that enabled just him and his dedication and one piece of software and one company that actually cared about his journey and really worked with him to succeed. So that's th- those are not our our normal students. But those are those are really good illustrations that you know what the number of people who want to learn is way greater than the five year olds who are being told to learn by their parents.
2: It's a lot more, right? Everybody, and they're way more likely to 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 like stick with it in a genuine sense because we 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 talked about I think even last episode, one that's not not even been released yet, uh, Drew and I. But like one huge problem, of course, is teaching and like how to decide as as educators. You know, the students is balancing that, you know, the price point and like, does the student actually want to do this? And so many of our experiences walking in there and then realizing, oh, we're just babysitting. That's what's happening here. It's because, you know, like I'm, I knock on the door of penthouse in New York and then one tutor lets me in. And then they leave and I come out and it's a revolving door and, and I sit down, I'm like, okay, it's time to learn guitar. You know, let's, I want to teach you a song you, you know, and you love. And they're like, and then they name 10 songs. None of them have guitar. And you're like, uh, uh, you, oh, okay. I get it. Like, you're, you're not that interested, <laughs> interested. Whereas some of these people, like you're giving them real access. They want to do it. I mean, talk about it, like reconfiguring the instrument. Are you kidding me? It's it's hard enough to get classical musicians to pull the instrument out of the case. We have to like trick ourselves and leave the instrument on the case, the case open. Uh, like we have to just you know don't dece- tell people
1: my secrets, Trevor. <laughs> we have
2: to deceive ourselves, like <laughs> you know, like in order to to force ourselves to practice. But someone is going to uh, extraordinary lengths just to start up something they might not have even like done for that long. The story of, of playing in the in the car, like it's it's absolutely. Incredible and inspiring. And these people, again, like we're not traditionally targeted, thought of as students and they're all interested in playing. So it's, it's like fantastic that I think a lot of uh, like these different companies are like looking around at technology and like, Hey, like this, this has the potential to come out and like actually make change because it can be global. It's no longer reliant on what, do you live in a big city? I didn't. I didn't have access to it. No one knew about it. I never went and saw a symphony until I played in one in college. Like we just didn't know these things. And like here, it can can be anywhere and at a very inexpensive cost, they can have access and start to learn. So like getting all of these people across different demographics and just like granting them access to this knowledge to get started and to get a really quick start is fantastic. So obviously by your background, going through like computer science and programming this route and the background of music, you know, the easiest thing is to, you know, synthesize the two things we like. And so you've done that in full force. What made you think that like technology was the route to go the route of building an app instead of either through a traditional avenue or something else? Like why specifically this?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to reach a lot of people, you need to start thinking about multiplicative effects. And generally that's through technology. Um, you know, if, if I could just snap my fingers and put an incredible teacher in front of, like if I was a genie and like just put them <laughs> in front of a student and like give them five hours of, a week of great, Personalized instruction, then I would rather do that. But turns out that's impossible. So let's, let's try and replicate that in a, as, as scalable a way as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, also, truthfully, uh, Vish, my co founder, and I were both super interested in the process of building a product. And we looked at this and we said, you know, I don't even need to Google it. Nobody's done this. Nobody's truly cracked <laughs> education um, as software and and done so in a way where people can start from scratch and learn. Like in the early days, everybody we talked with, almost everybody, there, there were a couple amazing early believers, like my my violin teacher, Jenny Capelli, like she allowed us to to go talk to her students and visit um, her lessons and just kind of observe. She was amazing. <laughs> There are a lot of people who basically said, this is not feasible. Mm. Um, and so that's <laughs> a challenge. I love that. I'm incredibly competitive. I'm one of the most competitive people that I know.
1: Hey, you gotta be, to be a founder <laughs> and CEO. <laughs> to make man. change. You gotta come for the throat. Yeah, man. <laughs> I have a quick question for you, man. I really am such a big fan of everything you're building. Uh, I, I don't know anything about computer uh, computer science or engineering or anything, but I do understand teaching and like creating a lesson plan and trying to figure out a way to activate someone else's brain, right? It's very difficult. Um, I have a question though. So when it comes to beginners, it's as a teacher, it's really hard to teach beginners because they end up quitting. Uh, what are some things that you find or some behaviors you find that both help beginners stay motivated? And what are some things or behaviors that you find lead to uh, people dropping off?
0: Yeah, that's, that's
1: a really great question. And I would say that that's the core
0: thing that we're working on right now. So the next Mm -hmm. 12 months of trial right now are all around early educational efficacy and it's close cousins retention and usage. So the The background, our process right now is we're doing. I, I I think you did one of these, right? Rachel talked with you for about an hour and and basically asked you the same question. So whatever you told her, uh.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was I wanted to kind of talk about it because I think it's a really big. Uh, it, it's like a basic brainstorming, A/B testing type of uh, thing. Maybe it's a question of data. Are you? Is there something you notice in the users, a behavior that the users have in the app? Like maybe they only log in once every three days because maybe you could actually add tips in the software saying like, hey, make sure that you're practicing at least 15 minutes a day because if you don't use it for three days, you're not going to retain it and you're going to lose your gains. Uh, That's kind of like something that I've found uh, when it comes to my learning is like just the repetition is incredibly important.
0: We do have a nice advantage of having our platform be on the device, which people are already addicted to.
2: Uh. (laughs) But actually, yeah.
0: So let me, let me kind of share with you one of our big um, audacious goals, which is to build a curriculum that gets better with every student that comes in. And it's Mm. hyper-personalized to your specific journey. Um, Right now, we're doing that in a way way which doesn't scale in that if you download Trala next week, I think we're building this today, literally. If you download Trala next week, you're going to be asked to sign up for a 30-minute call with an actual teacher. Mm. So we are onboarding you on Zoom directly. Wow and i mean that's helpful because we've we've talked with some students where they're using a couch cushion as a shoulder rest and it's like this is not going to be good for you a couple of years from now or yeah.
1: <laughs> this is suboptimal, this is sub-optimal.
0: <laughs> we can fix this right
1: and that's the sort of thing that if it's
0: completely asynchronous and you're just watching videos it's really really difficult to do mm-hmm. so i don't think the future um, of this scalable uh, education is completely asynchronous. So I think there's there's a human component to it and I don't think it works if there's no human component. Um, and so number two is we can have all this data about how you're learning, the things that you're doing correctly, the things that you're not, the things you're engaged in, the things you're not. And we can give you a plan every single day, which is being modified based on what you're doing. This is what a teacher does anyways. Right? That's true. Hey, yeah. what are you interested in? What are you succeeding at? What are you failing at? Let's modify the the curriculum based on each person.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's something that that we're going to be building out um, from a, a tech uh, perspective. And by the way, this stuff has already been done by Facebook and by TikTok and by YouTube. Like they already do that, right? They do that for entertainment. We're doing that for education.
1: the educational space is a booming industry uh especially on the internet so you're, you're definitely riding that wave moment
2: and keeping the eye you know like obviously the big buzzword is scalable but like that's what you're going for but like i think what everyone is talking about like the also the fancy marketing thing everyone's hip to is just they're trying to get down to the smallest unit and the dream is that you can t- you know independently market to every single person like why not expect that from education because that is actually the dream idea and we don't even have that perfect in person uh like go to a school how many kids are in that classroom it's 25 you know there's all these kids in there and they're only getting quasi-tailored stuff, but there's a there's an end-of-year test, there's this uh, state-run test here, they have to do this project, they got to read this book to do it, and there's like all these other barriers that might not work uh, for that particular student. So maybe it's their age or just like any any of the specifics to how that person learns, and that's one nice thing that classical music has done. It has that tradition of lessons, and if you had a good teacher, they can come in, they can make it personalized. It's what we want. Of course, what is the problem? That cost a100 dollars an hour for for like that type of, of thing uh, to have that much specific tailored uh, lessons. And so like that's a huge problem. And so what you've done is you're coming in and kind of solving problems from both end. Like with this type of AI, like how like how did you go about the process? Designing this, you don't have to go into the specific uh, like weeds of it, but just in general, like what are the like specific things you're targeting? Is it specifically technique? Is it the types of songs you send to people? The skill tree or the skill bumps? Like how how can you go about getting it more individualized and a more tailored curriculum?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at the pieces that you're playing. We're looking at your success on specific notes within the piece, right? We give instant feedback on everything you play through signal processing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can use that We can say, okay, these are the mistakes you've been making. Um, and it can also be aided by listening. So let's say, what if, every time you practice in Trollope, your audio, 10 other people get a push notification. Hey, Somebody practiced the same piece that you practiced two weeks ago. Mm. Could you give a little bit of feedback? You come into the app. We have a delightful, easy way for you to give super tailored feedback. And that actually helps feed in as a form of peer review to increase the efficacy of our curriculum, curriculum planning.
1: Okay, I That's have incredible. a quick question about that, man. <laughs> I know, yeah, but it's like this could turn into Xbox Live really quickly. Like, how? Are... <laughs> no, very good. moderators. Let's hear it.
2: Yeah, how, I want to hear about do,
1: your moderation you community. <laughs>
0: how do you moderate the community?
1: Yes, how do you moderate your community with that feature?
0: So, how do we moderate the community? Uh, yeah, this is an evolving question. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'll, I'll say it first and foremost, I think there's a couple communities that that are doing this well. And so we're going to be kind of working with them to to figure out you know, what, what's working and what's not. Um, one of the nice things, well, two nice things. Number one, can we have the feedback not be reliant upon language? So can somebody in Bolivia gives, give feedback to somebody in France if they don't have mm. a shared language? Right, we have students in over a hundred countries. So this is a problem uh, that we're going to be encountering from day one, um, and number two, one of the nice, really nice things about uh, Trala is that everybody's coming here for the same reason. This isn't Reddit where people are just anybody can go there, literally, and, and <laughs> say whatever they want and and come there with with really bad attitudes um, or great attitudes. You know, it's they're going to bring whatever they have. When you're on Trala, like we're we're gated, like there's a paywall, first and foremost. So you're in this community for a reason. You paid for the opportunity to be in this community, and we're going to be moderating it very, very heavily. Again, there's a human touch to it. No, right? for sure. I, waiting, that was mostly a joke. Are, are, are very understood <laughs> <bothersome> point.
1: <laughs> I was mostly kidding, bro. I did, but that's thank you for that illumination. Cause, like, yeah, like when you have feedback and when you have, uh, User-generated content—it can—it just changes into such a different game, and I think that's kind of what's interesting about this. Is a little off-topic, but Microsoft trying to buy something like TikTok, like bro—that's that's an insanely different level of operations, wouldn't you say?
0: Uh, I I don't know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> One yeah. thing too
2: is going on. Like the the best part about that too is like thinking, of course, in like a, a, a company sense. If you needed to, to give, you know, like, like in a traditional lesson platform, providing lessons, obviously one big barrier, besides just language and access, uh, is you bump into suddenly you need a staff of 400 teachers and you, you, we have one student uh, in Egypt I got to get an Egyptian teacher who's going to like learn this platform who I can also communicate. Like it's just very hard to do. And so I guess the good thing is you can kind of like pool. You're trying to navigate around um, like different language barriers, whether if – I'm not sure if it's, if it's still all like audio speech or just a text format. I know games have to bump into this. A lot of like gaming companies uh, and some of them, they try to solve it in very simple ways to remove toxicity by like either not allowing – the voice to be sent to like opponents or it's, it's emotes it's text and, or it's symbols or like even, even the tiniest subtle things. Like I know uh, like all of these video game companies have to deal with it because it's a fairly toxic environment and it's global and you can't moderate millions of people. And so like, yeah. I just know that's like a pretty, a uh, particularly difficult challenge to tackle for anyone. Uh, but like you said, I think one advantage too is since you've you've really like honed in on like this uh, untapped market, and I believe in another interview you referred to it as kind of like a secret market, and, yeah. like, a lot of inspired people uh, who are all beginners. it's It might not be, or not all, but a majority beginners. Like, you're not having a bunch of hateful people, like, on Facebook. If, if I'm in a group. <laughs> like, no, it's true. But if I'm in a group, if someone is in a group and they pose a question uh, about scoring for film, like, Hans Zimmer is in that group. The actual Hans Zimmer and, like, all these other people. And so you don't know. It's, like, there's not... Like the barrier, is, you don't know what's going on there. And there's just people dumping on each other and just shitting on each other for like posing a question and we have no idea who they are. They may be three weeks into their journey. Like that question that you think is an idiot and they should be banned and, and buried under the Facebook building is honestly trying to learn. So like I think one the good thing is that at least everyone is on trial for a reason. They're trying to learn yeah. the violin. And so it's like yeah. that focused mission. Um and so like at what stage is this, is this implemented yet? Is this like a next step as far as like this user feedback? Like, where is it yeah. in the process?
0: This is, this is being developed at, as we speak. Engineers are behind keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> the coding furiously.
1: Cranky. Josh, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shout, Shout out, out to, work. to Josh. Josh, get back to
1: work. <laughs> <laughs> Stop listening to this podcast. I- I've been reading this book, uh, Sam. Uh, Have you heard of it? It's called Limitless by Jim Quick. Everything's fuzzy because my camera's acting up. Uh, But anyway, there's like, he talks about in this chapter I'm reading about learning styles, uh, visual, audio, and kinesthetic. I just had an idea as you were talking about how you're trying to personalize the Uh, the learning relationship with each student. Have you thought about approaching it in that way? Because like visual learners learn things differently than auditory learners, than kinesthetic learners. And maybe you could have some sort of test in there that can help them figure that out and maybe tailor their learning process. This is just an idea. Have you thought about that at all? I suspect that as we get more sophisticated, we're going to be
0: asking more questions early on um, to help tailor the, the different styles of learning. Maybe, you know, if, if we're solving the general case in terms of, um, personalized curriculum, then, uh, that would be figured out by the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Um, but we can also just seed it. Absolutely.
2: One benefit too is just with technology. One of the things I've always been interested in and since like working on different curriculums for different uh, like online music education companies is all these various different approaches to get and to solve this problem. We all have this great and evil, <laughs> terrible tool that is our addictive phone. But the things it can do are complete game changers. Everyone has a recording device. Everyone has a voice memo. Everyone has mm-hmm. access to an infinite amount of uh, useful, semi-useful, and awful knowledge through Google. Like the the tools are all there. You, what you're doing is then uh, uh, assembling them together and really narrowing the focus with a curriculum and with this particular software, which is fascinating. T- that kind of like tracks with the student, lets them know they're playing in tune and all these other things. Um, going back to the very beginning, I don't have the whole idea or concept, but I know it was kind of developed at was it one of those twenty-four hour forty-eight hour kind of like coding, coding fest or whatever.
1: Coding fest. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Oh, hackathon. It was a hackathon. Hackathons. There we go. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. So
0: Trala, Trala was started not as a, as like a side project, but out the gate, we said, we're going to build a company. Vish and I did a bunch of hackathons together. It's how we met. And we developed a love of building products um, at those, uh, I actually recently, I found the original pitch deck for tralla Really? Wow. 2016. And I actually, I pitched it to the team last week. Um, <laughs> vision has been remarkably consistent, um, which I, I guess is good. Or I'm just inflexible. And I have this uh, <laughs> time
1: where it's like, I gotta. Hey, you gotta um, be consistent.
0: Yeah. But no, I mean, it, it, it's basically, it's basically like a vision Vision driven um, company from the
2: outset. Wow, that's incredible, and I'd say it's fairly rare, right?
1: To like really be s- sticking to it. I don't, I don't know if you know about us, Sam. I don't know about what you, 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 you fell into, but we couple <laughs> of Juilliard cats, bro. So talk to us about like how did you uh, get access or get uh, get the Juilliard seal of approval with the pedagogy and the process. Um, so we don't, we don't work with Juilliard. Um, there is, there is no like seal official seal of approval. Oh, okay. But the pedagogy is from people who have graduated from Juilliard who have been trained there.
0: So, yeah, I mean, we've worked
1: with a bunch of different people over the years
0: and it's, it's always evolving. So, the you know, our head of curriculum right now actually has a, has a folk music background
2: and is not, Oh, that's really cool. That is cool. I like that. I've even seen you have a particular interest in folk music.
0: I do. I do. My my dad uh, uh, plays guitar and banjo and, and sings old-time stuff.
2: Oh, old-time.
0: So whenever, time. Whenever, I'm, whenever I'm back at home, I bring my my violin. We play uh, folk music.
2: I guess my analog version of tralla was, me as a composer, I need to write for the violin all the time. So I went out and got a mandolin. So <laughs> analog tralla.
1: <laughs> What I love about uh, the videos that I've seen of the app is like how it seems kind of like Guitar Hero for violin, but it (laughs) teaches you, it tells you when you're out of tune, which I think is like the one thing that I always kind of would have wanted as a young kid is just something to tell me what I'm doing wrong. So like, like, are there other ways that you guys are conceptualizing a gamification in some way?
0: Yeah, really good question. Um, so I'll, I'll actually pitch to you an idea that that I had. Um, Please do. Um, but before I do so, I want to ask okay. a question. And the question is: What's the number one language learning technology in the world that has brought hundreds of millions of people to
2: fluency? Duolingo, <laughs> Rosetta Stone, any of these platforms? TV, watching TV, YouTube. Is that it?
0: Drew and Trevor on the third try, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Television and movies and media. Though, so if you ask any first-generation immigrant to the United States, you know what? You know, how would you learn English or you know whatever? If, if you did, almost always, TV and movies have something to do with it.
1: Mm. We don't even think
0: about that as education. Absolutely not. It yeah. doesn't require motivation. It doesn't require dedication. It has no curriculum. And yet, it is the most successful teacher of language
2: ever. I, that's, I mean, that's true. Friends. Every person I've ever talked to, that's facts. Like every person I've ever talked to, my favorite is when you're talking to someone and they're just like ridiculously well-spoken. They're like, oh, I, I apologize for any uh, incorrect things I might say and, uh, and, and a misuse of grammatical punctuation. I'm like, yeah, man. No, you good (laughs) dog. Fourth language, but they learned. No matter what, they're like, oh yeah, I watched uh, like a good friend, Alexander Lieberman a composer from Germany, knows a lot of languages. It's like, oh cool, how'd you learn English? It's like, oh South Park. Like what? (laughs) It's like, wow, you don't you don't say a lot of the words they say on South Park, but good for you. (laughs) (laughs) But still, that's how they learned. Um, So with that in your mind, how uh, how can you apply that to music?
0: Exactly. I mean, so, so that's one of our main inspirations is it's, we're trying to create an experience, right? Education is not a series of tasks and then you take a test. Education is a series of experiences and it should be, you know, it should be serious because we're truly helping you learn, but it should also be delightful. And look, I'm not inventing any of this stuff. I'm just preaching what some really incredible music educator theorists have have already talked about. Um, And so I I think there's, I I don't want to take any credit for this, but this is what we're trying to apply to Trala. And uh, I think, you know, if we think of two different Tralas, potential Tralas, one of them, which is like the incredibly serious one, and one which is inspired and delightful and has music that you really like and encourages you to improvise and like feels like a fiddle camp and feels like like the best music lesson you've ever had, but every single day, like that's what we're going towards.
2: Mm, I really what changes music itself. And even just as obviously as a, like a business goal, having people use your app all the time is a mutually beneficial thing. It's better for you to get more data, more information, more people who then can go on and recommend your program. But besides like just pure raw business, that's what we need for music. We're always telling students like, hey, 15 minutes a day is, is infinitely better than eight hours on Saturday. Like it, that's just how, we know that's how the brain works. We know that's best for you, physically, mentally, and so you've, you've, again, you've, you're just taking what is out there, this, this knowledge, and then like trying to apply it in an area that has seemed to ignore it. Uh, a lot of classical music is looked upon in a favorable sense as far as like attaining mastery. It's in the book, yeah, you know, it's in you know your ten thousand hours, and anytime someone's a prodigy, they're the Mozart of this or whatever. No, no matter if the
1: metaphor works at all he painted um, a symphony on that yeah the football yeah, football, yeah <laughs> he painted the
2: symphony and that win the super bowl but it's true like you're like looking at these things and just like looking at people how do they work and through entertainment the the music they like like having simple things they've heard they can enjoy they can jump right in and one thing that appealed to me about the app too is how quickly things get to music and that's like one of my number one things So definitely with younger kids, like I walk in the guitar example. The first thing I'm just like, what music do you like? And to try to teach them somewhat deceptively, like, hey, we're going to get the foundations, but it's coming through something you'll enjoy and you'll actually do. As far as like bringing the entertainment to them, is that something along the lines of like the song choice? Is it something like visual that's going to come out? Like how, what in your mind? And of course, if it's confidential, don't have to answer can secretly uh. divert, but like what in your mind is a way to bring in that, like learn from TV shows aspect?
0: There's a couple of things we're going to be experimenting with. We're going to take some pretty major risks over the next 12 to 18 months in product. And I'll just say that at, at the core, it needs to be delightful. You need to, you need to end your session with a smile on your face. You need to be feeling good. There's a lot of feelings of frustration around learning a new skill. And that's natural. And we're not going to try and get around that, right? We're not going to try and just always give you the easiest possible thing so that you never learn anything, but we're going to make sure that you feel good. And that, I mean, that's an immense task, Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we, I will say like our, our team is super focused on this and that's what we're thinking about every single day. When we bring people like you drew and interview you, and say, how do you motivate students? Right? We're not we're not trying to invent everything from scratch. We understand there's people who who under who like know this. And you know maybe if there's people who are even listening to this, who think they have something to add to the conversation, like we're all ears. Right? We want to hear that. We want to work. With
1: I re- I really think. I think that it's the community, man. I, I think that, like, and I told this to Rachel. It's like, I remember when I was going to school and I was like the weird kid for doing orchestra. It, it broke my soul to to, under, to not be understood by my colleagues, to not be understood by like my, my friends that I went to school that were all into football. You know, that was, it was so tough. I couldn't get him to go to recitals, I couldn't get him to go to concerts I was doing. And so, what I did find was a smaller community, but a really impassioned community. And so I love what you said about having this community of people who have opted in, but they've, they've spent the money, they're investing the time and using the app. It's a very different type of community. And I think that finding ways to broaden that community or deepen the connection between these users is gonna be the way that you really kind of curb some of that, uh, the, the, the attrition. Um, Because I think that like, if you just don't feel like, if you feel like you're just letting yourself down, that's really easy to quit. But it's a lot harder to quit when you're letting a lot of other people down that you really love and admire think about if you were on a soccer team or a football team and Mm -hmm. you know you decided you didn't want to play that game everybody's like bro we need you though come through (laughs) man you're the goalie what are we gonna do yeah what are we (laughs) what are we gonna do (laughs) without you (laughs) so uh, that's just my two cents man and i really think that the reason why i wanted to bring you on here and i'm I'm so psyched to talk to you and i've I've watched a bunch of your interviews is i think that you do you do get it. And you're out here really changing. Look at me sounding like Trevor. You're out here doing the thing. You're, you're you're creating an app that's really connecting people and making sure that they don't feel like they are alone on this treacherous journey of learning a violin. My question for you is like, how can I be helpful in that way?
0: I, I love that. That's the question. These are the hard-hitting interview questions right now. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: First, all, stuff. first of all, thank
0: you for saying all that. And, and by yeah. the way, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with people who care about music as much as I do. I, I'm trying to get more involved in the musical community. I feel like I've been very ingrained in the tech community for a while. And uh, I, I don't ever, ever want to lose sight of the people who are making music and learning music and going through this on the day to day. So, I mean, that's that's one of my my personal goals is as CEO of Trala. Um, over the next year, year and a half, mm-hmm. is to deepen my connection with the musical community, and I know that the two of you are, uh, you know, you're you're a door into that. So Ooh, <laughs> We're steeped boy. in community. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. I, I I love that. Like one particular thing that brings up a question I had noticed, like in in doing the research for this pod and thinking about that was you've had a lot of success particularly in the business community. And the the big thing, everyone we bring on here, and you you really do fit the mold of like the people we we love speaking to who have, who have gone in and have either have thrived in music or thrived in another uh, another type of field, and who are able to bring in and bring in a unique perspective or contribute to the community, our music community in new ways that are going to allow it to grow and to foster and to survive and thrive uh, throughout the next century. And so in in this research, I noticed like you have a particular knack uh, for success interviews what have you in this business community which is almost untapped by classical music you know we live in our little bubble we don't know what's going on we're scared of money we're all starving artists talk some real yeah what's a t- talk, talk talk tick talk tick and we don't know like we don't know what's going on until we're like begging for someone to fund a concert series uh meanwhile uh you and other companies have recently gone out and successfully Raised capital and funds and seed money to get these ideas off the ground. When before, I think it's just people, you know, chipping away at the at the rocks in the quarry, like trying to, struggling to kind of get their ideas or their schools off the ground. And you you went out there, saw an opportunity, and have taken that and have gotten lots of money. In fact, by this time, there was another announcement uh, about some like raising uh, capital, like. How did you go about loosely, because this is going to be new for a lot of our people, since this mm-hmm. isn't uh, like a tech focused podcast, this is music. This is a fairly new process. Could you just walk us through just briefly and, and however you want to, the process of getting, going from ide- ideation into raising large sums of money?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll say that the, my pitch to investors is very similar to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to add to that a, a history of, of success um, and a history of building a product that people enjoy and are willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're very business focused. We, we understand like we're building something which is worth something to a lot of folks. And, you know, we're going to be continuing to focus on our revenue growth as well, right? We're trying to build a global iconic company. Mm. Um, And we see a path towards doing that, right? We see that there's just this massive missed opportunity of human capital in terms of all of the time and energy and effort and money that's going into learning instruments and just how much bigger that can be. Just immensely larger. Like the 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 mm-hmm. thing we started out from at the very beginning, 50 minutes ago, was talking about the accessibility issues. That is a secret market for sure. Mm-hmm. That is a an untapped market. Um, so you know we, we've had great revenue growth, and that comes from from the execution of our team and the all, all of our fantastic students who have supported us and and paid for subscriptions. Um, and that's something that we're, you know, going to continue doing. Um, but I would say that that our investors are very vision-driven folks, incredible people. Mm-hmm. I, I think our our cap table, our sorry, our investors, the people who are um, who put money into Trala, they truly believe in the vision. And you're not investing in an early-stage company with only a couple thousand subscribers if you don't believe in the vision. Mm-hmm. Like you could you could go invest in whatever you want you can go put money into facebook if, if yeah like whatever right why do, why do you invest in stock, right
2: because we're doing something that's worthwhile because we're doing something which, which has the opportunity to change the world culturally and you see that that's the vision the vision of these people like they've are and particularly those who've already gone and done it before Yes, And like, and like, that seems to be like where a lot of this capital is going for. And so like, while well, it it's like the nice thing is that it's both probably a wise business investment. It's a risk, but they also see the value. And I do think that kind of gets lost. It's not just like a, a purely uh, money-based thing, but you're, you are backing those up. Those things are with numbers. It's not all uh, uh, wishes, wishes. Oh, and none roses. of this matters yeah.
0: if we make no money
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's That's the takeaway folks (laughs) well that's what they don't teach you in music school bro like it's all about the dollar bills at the end of the day speaking of dollar bills uh people spend five billion dollars on violent education every year is that 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 I i remember you speaking about that maybe a couple years ago has that number changed at all you know, I I don't know the exact number. It's off time there's
0: been really great research that's done by the National Association of Music Merchants.
2: Um oh, NAM. Yeah. Oh, that thing. We've been to NAM. We were uh, a special guests of NAM, aka Drew was, and I tagged along.
1: So you know, when you when you when you be out here vlogging for <laughs> years, you know, stuff happens. Uh I wanted to expand upon that and maybe postulate something because like I tend to like, I love to zoom out on what tiny implicate, like tiny little changes, what they can do extrapolated over a long period of time. And one thing that we've been seeing, especially with classical music institutions is that we have dwindling audience sizes. That's a problem, especially if people want to stay employed. But what I also see is like the most ravenous concert goers tend to be people who either play amateur or they used to play and they understand the value and the amount of time that goes into producing professional grade ensemble sound, right? If you're building, do you also believe, and this is my question, do you also believe that by building this app and pro- providing the access to this type of playing, we're not just producing more musicians who may be on the concert stage, we're also producing possible audience members who actually understand the dynamic of performing a stringed instrument. Do you think that this is a possibility that we could, I don't know, like change the face of classical music? <laughs> I, I think that's a, a really great question. Um,
0: and you know, I think the audience is number one, yes. We are creating every time you create a musician, you create a music lover. Number two, I think the audiences are already out there. Right. I think people understand how wonderful this music is. And and I think that it's just a a servicing problem. I think it's a packaging mm. Mm. I think it's, it's like, it's, you, you know you yeah. can have like really amazing food, but if it comes in like a <laughs> hundred years old you're not going to pick it
2: up it's a, it's a huge problem and that's something like we're we're all trying to do and I think we're, we're at a unique period in history of course everyone thinks they're in a unique period of history but one is is that people in their 20s 30s right now and, and much younger have just are like looking out there and being like the music I'm playing and the things I'm taught are not reflected in in my world. I don't see them around there. Classical music always feels like this weird, weird oasis. And for some people, that's a nice escape. But for many, I, I like almost everyone. If you if you ask even any classical mu- musician, like, oh, what do you like? Anyone off the street, like they'll they'll be listing off. They like hip hop. They like rap. They're interested in in something else. They love video games. Uh, a lot of people who are younger, unless they were taken to those lessons early. And even still, if they were dragged to Lessons at Five, uh, they, f- they fell in love with this music often through another avenue, like film. Like that brings up a whole other thing. But almost everyone likes the sound of string instruments. Mm. It's, there's, like, there's science behind that. But what the context is it's Motown, it's hip-hop, it's R&B, it's film. Video games. If you go to these like live orchestra video game concerts, like Drew has played at, or like w- one of the most popular concerts I went to at the Lincoln Center was the live Lord of the Rings trilogy. They yeah. had to add on another performance. How many times has a classical performance been like? You know what? We've sold we out another. so quickly. We need another Brahms. We bring, need it another, bring, bring it, it out! Bring it out! It doesn't Brahms three. It doesn't happen. But they were like, okay, Fellowship of the Ring again. And it just made insane, insane money. And people loved it. They sat there for three and a half hours waiting for fake Inya to come out and sing at the end. <laughs> and, and it sounded true. Like, literally, I was sitting there. I'm just like, <laughs> first of all, I was like, this is amazing. I'm like, what are they going to do for the credits? And straight up, some some lady probably sits backstage every night for hours waiting out to stroll out and Baby. to sing May It Be. For the credits, like, like that's someone's job, but it's like, people love these things. Often it's the packaging that gets lost. And a big part to like, what both of you are saying is that, you know, music education has dwindled in schools and in their day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. but what hasn't dwindled is just this access to technology So it's like, okay, while it's fading on here, it's getting cut from programs. It's not as interesting to students. Parents themselves, it's the first generation that grew up not playing an instrument. So they don't know, oh, I should take my kid to this. Now, old people are forcing electric guitar on their kids. Their kids want want to be producers. They want to be Skrillex. And they're like, mommy, I don't want to play the electric guitar. It's not cool. (laughs) You know, like, good luck with violin. They won't even uh, play rock music. Technology is, technology is is what you've gone in and kind of like gone into like, break down this barrier. Using Trello, using education, uh, what else is going on in your mind as far as just trying to like reduce the barriers to entry, uh, not just through price in the app, but in- interest, like general interest, how to get people engaged with classical music?
1: Yeah, Drew, it sounded like you were gonna say something. Yeah, I was gonna say this, cause I was gonna answer your question, Trevor. I was like, you know how you get teenage boys to practice? Tell them that girls, girls will it. like them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like-, like that's all you have to do. <laughs> like <laughs> it worked for me in guitar. I was like, wait, you can say I'll be cool if I play this. You mean girls will like listen to me talk, <laughs> or, or they'll just like I'll have their undivided attention? I uh, don't try talking. Just play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just
2: like, no, 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 no. Yeah, like weird. They don't care about your video games or so your kill to death ratio in Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, like no one, no one cares. So the, yeah, is maybe that's the solution? It's like a half, like a a, a tender half of violin.
1: <gasps> Bro, the score you get. So it's like a hey, girl. Like I played "Mary Had a Little Lamb" and I got I'm level forty six on violin. S plus, um, "Mary Had a Little Lamb," come talk to me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Getting into new territory. So several times you've uh, recognized your team. You've referred to your team, and I did see. I loved your job postings. By the way, they're hilarious um like the benefits you've listed out the team uh just a couple highlights uh navy submarine officer for 10 years that's cool um but let's see a uh, spongebob enthusiast believes in the sanctity of arby's um where the fuck did that llama come from why does it keep staring at me play it cool there's a llama on the team and so i i mean i'm, I'm all over this it's 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 not stodgy it's fun <laughs> the the job role why trawler like we can list through it, uh, like all these other things, but the whole point is it's very personal. It's not stodgy. It's not a 12 page description of boring stuff. Uh, it's recognizing it's recognizing the audience of just like, hey, we want you here to come in and have fun and just be part of something awesome. Can you contribute? How did you go about forming a team, taking it from you know two founders and an idea, building a thing? This is a new step that's not taught at all in music about like the process of hiring and finding the right people. Can you just like enlighten us about that?
0: Well, this is a great time to mention that we're hiring for several open roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go to Trolla.com slash careers and uh, musical experience is ideal for, for whatever role we're hiring for. Um, so, you know, we're looking for marketing roles, engineering roles, product roles, um, and hopefully a lot more down the line. Um, so really, really fantastic that you went to the trouble of looking through our job descriptions. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, one of our values is to not be boring. I think everybody else is doing it wrong and we want to show, I mean, from hiring, that's a really great question. How do you build a team? Number one, we care about our people. We're saying from the very first sentence you read from our job description for even looking at it, you're going to have a good time. You're going to enjoy the process of looking at a job description. How often does that happen? Never. (laughs) I've never like smiled
2: at the end. That's a great point.
1: I was always crying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the the same thing with our products, right? You should finish your session with a smile you should feel good, right? You should finish your practice session. You should feel incredible. You should read a job description. You should feel like, hey, you know, this resonates with me or it doesn't. Or you look at it and you go,
1: no, I want to work for Oracle or I want to uh, work- <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to ITT Tech to get prepared. ITT you
2: know?
1: Tech. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Exactly. So like,
2: how did you like, did these people approach, particularly at the outset when there might not be as as many funds or as buzz yet like how who was the who's number three on the team if you like how did you find that first person and get them to, to really buy in to this process
0: yeah so i mean we uh it's been a long process we've had we've been incredibly lucky to work with the people we have um even some people who aren't working for trial like really good friends with them They, I mean, basically the way I view my job: number one, keep cash in the bank, make sure the company is growing and and and, you know hitting the the metrics that we talk about. Um, And number two, set the vision. But number three, get the right people and then get out of their way. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like our team right now; they are aligned with the vision. And they're incredible at their jobs. And, you know, I try every day to make sure that they feel connected to what they're building and they feel connected to their students and they feel connected to the other team members. You know, tactically speaking for recruiting, right? You got to pay people money. Whoa. Bot really? twist. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wait, no. musicians. You See, need to ex- explain,
2: explain money.
1: What's to- <laughs> money?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, a, that's another thing that when we're working with musicians, we make sure that that they get paid, right? We're not out here to exploit musicians. We're not out here to take advantage of of the situation that we're in with COVID, where a lot of musicians are struggling. Like we are here to support them and we're here to to be job creators in the music industry and the music education industry. And we hope that we're going to be making that market a lot larger and there's going to be 10 times more jobs in that industry 10 years from now.
1: That's Um, my biggest grievance actually with the whole conservatory track is that you're training for a job that doesn't really exist on the other side. And you also have to like beat everybody in your path to get it. It's kind of crazy.
0: What the two of you went through going to Juilliard. I, I don't think, I mean, that's incredible. Like thank you. that's one of the hardest things (laughs) to do. (laughs) Um,
2: Well, at least, you know, we got a podcast out of it. So, you know. (laughs) Facts, dude you're welcome you're
1: welcome
2: <laughs> S- specific to what you pointed out I, like I love this because these like these are things like we're all thinking about now and particularly again this this new generation who's like looking out there not satisfied with the past like we these these young millennials elder millennials and then uh gen z's like we're going out there we're 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 sick and tired uh, of like accepting things the numbers aren't going up For us, everything's stagnant. You know, we've survived through now two economic depressions. You've only survived through one
1: so far. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, correction. That's a very... (laughs) We're still living through it right now. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Survive. It survives a loose term. But anyways, people want change and they're going out and they're trying out new avenues, Uh, not not only for survival but also interest it's like hey i can take my idea and the, the something else i'm interested in and you know what it is okay for me to not follow that a, a really strict path um with this this like kind of growing the the team and then trying to like find the right people one thing you you said that resonated me i i spoke uh when i first moved to la about two years ago uh with the general manager of another company uh spitfire audio they're huge in sample libraries so every film composer hop, like they're they're top dogs and i just remember i go speak at the booth and they gave me this like booklet like a little journal uh like for free, like I won the, the, the raffle. No one else was at the booth. It was the (laughs) last day of, it was the last day of Nam. It was the last day of Nam, And they're like, Hey, we don't want to fly this back to London. Here's this book. And just like the aesthetics of this journal, it was just their story. No one's going to buy. How many people are like, Oh my God, I really want to buy this book about, uh, the creation of Twitter, like in like a company promo, like, no, like who, who goes and spends 60 bucks, uh, On just like their promo material, but it was aesthetically beautiful—the text, the images, the boxes of all their product are, are are just beautiful. And like they just have a real core aesthetic. And so I was talking to the manager about these things. I'm like, why does every why do you have the like the look? Like, why is this so good? And she's she said the same thing. She's like, we don't hire people really for roles. We try to find people who are really interested and passionate in our mission. And really interested in whatever it is that they do well. And we let them do it. So they go out, hey, we're a music tech company. Uh, we create these software instruments, uh, with this really niche audience That it's very expensive, but like we're gonna be the best at it. And they're like, oh, I'm a graphic designer. And they let that person roll. They're they just like do your thing. And so like they have this like beautiful aesthetic on all these things on this journal that who's going to buy? They're just giving out. But you can tell tell like someone's they loved it. They loved working on that. It wasn't, it's not just a job for them. And it seems like that's like your, your model. You've gone out, you're getting people who are very good at what they do. You're letting them roll with their interest and just making sure that you're finding people whose interests align with the vision of your company.
0: It's a lot more fun that way.
2: And you get a better result. Now my, my, my question is, how did you know to do that? <laughs> You didn't go to business school or any of these other things. Like, how, how did you know, uh, is, 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 was someone mentoring you through this business process or is it just, was that just in, in, internal to you? Like, you know, you want to work with people who are happy and like letting them, ro- letting them roll with their thing. Like, how, how did you get your business sense?
0: Look, it's been a process, right? I'm, I'm trying to become better at my job every day. I day. I'm sure if you spoke to somebody who worked with me three years ago they would have been, they wouldn't have said that, that everything was, was amazing. I'm sure. That, <laughs> like I'm there's, there's a lot of gaps in my knowledge and my ability that I'm, that I'm working on every single day. And, you know, that's just part of the learning curve, right? Are you getting better all the time? That's, that's something that drives me. I, w- I want to be truly great at my job. Um, you know, I never had a, a, a full-time job before trial. I started this out of college. Um, and so I, I don't know how any of this stuff is supposed to work. Right. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do any of us really? No. <laughs> um, so that's another thing we talk, we say, you know, they're doing it wrong. Oh, they do that. They're doing it wrong. But I mean, we, we blatantly rip, sorry, we copy, um, <laughs> people who we think are doing it right. Um, so like my, my friend's company, uh, Reapley, they're a Chicago-based company, um, to- totally different industry. They're, they work in the, the circular economy and sustainability. Um, but you know, I, I, look at how they do their hiring process and, you know, I just ask questions to them and all of our investors and mentors, right. Um, we've had a, a standing call with, with Bob Meese from Duolingo for like two years now and he's been. Absolutely instrumental Mm. to help us on our, on our
1: process.
2: I saw that a big, a bigger uh, subscribe button, right? (laughs)
1: yes yeah that Who was that? that was the very first conversation there's two yeah. years worth of material at least <laughs> <laughs> dude maybe we should in- employ that trevor
2: yeah uh, just a huge just like just a single ass. no more phones it's just a subscribe we just ship people subscribe buttons <laughs> and it's like a stress ball so they can just keep subscribing we can get them a like and a subscribe and we can just re- release all the tension but yeah
1: i like that March. i love it you
2: seem to constantly be in the process of learning. And like, you know, you've started a company and it's it's doing well it, it, like just from the numbers and from the mission pr- perspective, uh well fairly early on, but yet still humble, still striving for, for something greater. Uh and that's inspiring. I mean, like I, I love looking around at companies like I love working for the company I work for at Tone Base. Just you know, another one going out their passion, having teams who are all around the same age. Who are all like passionate and wanting to make change and like seeing all these different uh, ways to try to go around and make things evolve and like you know actually make a difference, uh, is is I think is you know rightly needed in this industry. Um, question on like the personal front, uh, Ooh, with your family like, as far as it's getting personal, so like very. Like you, you seem also seem you said very competitive and very driven. Is that because uh, is that because you have a a brother? Is that is that is that is this between you two? (laughs) David,
0: are you listening?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) Like like is the is is this like a of a a lifelong rivalry? Like what's the deal? (laughs)
0: No. I uh, actually, my my older brother is a violinist as well, and the reason I picked up the violin in the first place was. Because I was super jealous of him. He got to do this this cool thing, and uh, there's like a photo of me holding like a cardboard and
1: rubber band violin. It's really cute, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen uh-huh. it, dude. we we'll post really... that. We should post that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's. Sna- I'll try to uh, snag a screenshot of that. <laughs> Are your
2: parents? Like what, what is their, their mindset in all of this? Like, is there something you can see in them that like spurred this idea? Because it's not every day that someone's kid goes off and, and makes an app and, and an app and music, let let alone in anything else. Like wh- where, do, do you kind of see where this, this driver for these two things kind of sprung up in your background?
0: That's an interesting question. I I haven't really reflected that much on it. I don't know if the two of you, you know, have reflected on your own musical backgrounds. You know, I'm sure we all have completely different um places that we came from. I, I don't know. My my parents are were always incredibly sportive. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely sportive. You know, yeah. never, you know, they're the type of, of parents where it's like, just you know, just go do it. Like
2: yeah. <sighs> <laughs> get out of my face, do What, time, what generation are they? Like um, um
0: I
1: guess they're boomers. Uh, my okay. mom's a boomer.
0: Yeah.
1: My mom's a boomer. Yeah, dude. That's so funny. <laughs> I have a question for you. Um, because like in a, in one of your interviews, uh, you had said that if you could meet like any or collab with like any artist, it would be Lindsey Sterling. And like as somebody who's like performed with her, like I'm really curious as to uh, beyond just like, or, or, I remember you saying that you're marking that like it's because of how she's able to inspire people to a violins into little little girls' hands, like little kids' hands. Like I remember when I was doing my Instagram, like 2013, 2000, like 18 or so. I remember always seeing people hashtag Lindsay Sterling, always talking about Lindsay Sterling. Like she was a, she is a cultural like pillar in the violin world, like beyond that, what are some other or included in that? What do, why do you think that is, what is it about her that you think inspired so many people and how do you think you could as a company replicate that?
0: Oh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, my, my current inspiration is the local music teacher who, mm. who doesn't have a, a large audience who doesn't, you know, they're, they're making a modest amount of money. They're not a superstar. They're not gorgeous. Maybe they are. Mm. Who knows? It doesn't hey, matter.
1: You know, it doesn't
0: matter. But yeah. they have, Miss <laughs> <Ms. have>, Munson
1: <laughs> kind of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, they have
0: their little community, right? And they're building that and people, maybe it's in their house or maybe they have another studio. And to me, that's incredibly inspiring. It's, um, it's like the small things, book clubs, right? Like little, little things. Those those are what are, I'm currently kind of drawing my inspiration from. Mm. Anything where it's, you're not trying to build yourself up as a brand. It's service oriented. Mm.
2: Mm. And looking at all of these things now, we, we even, I think, again, talked about this recently, Drew, on our last unreleased podcast uh that will be that will be out for by the, the time this one's files. out. Secret, secret, files. secret files that won't be secret by the time this is released. <laughs> uh but the idea of service like like that is a guiding principle uh for both of us and like I think for almost everything else that is like really in- inspiring uh and the things we like are things that make our lives better because life is hard. Life is hard and if you can make life easier that's the that's the greatest thing you can ever do. And something like this that can make the process, what is a very traditionally very difficult, very expensive process, accessible and easier and more enjoyable. Like that's just a huge net good. Uh and so so I, I love this like idea of of service that you've kind of instilled in this company, and I think it's a big driving force. It's why people want it to succeed. We why we want it to grow and be embraced by the community. Uh, it's because we we can we can at least in like enlarge in this total pool of musicians of artists. Uh, and the one thing I also like too, that both uh, you mentioning like uh, Lindsey Sterling and what you've done at your company uh, as well is that the goal isn't to to have a bunch of little Paganinis running around or a bunch uh, of little virtuosos running around. That's actually a horrifying thought. Yeah, a lot no, of little Paganinis. That, no. Like, would you rather no. fight one large Paganini or a hundred <laughs> Paganinis? Like, <just> like, <laughs> but it's it's true. Like, I, I think I that's a personal mission of mine when I'm teaching is I enjoy students who I know the goal isn't to go to conservatory. The goal isn't to be the most famous. Uh, my longest running student for three and a half years, it was music, music theory, and it was to an 80 plus year old, high-end corporate tax lawyer. Just a mm. sweetheart guy, amateur musician, recorder player. Yes, he played the recorder Whoa. for like 40 years, like Baroque recorder, like, come on, like you can't get any niche, uh, uh, any more <laughs> niche than that. You know, that's an audience of one. And, but he, he, he devoted his life to this and him and his wife were just passionate about it. Like they were going to be contributors to music. And they were very good. They're very good amateur musicians. But regardless of who or what the background was, whether you're 13 and you're going to go into journalism, I think the world can be better having creative people, artists in other roles. And that's something that's nice about this, too. Like we imagine a world where politicians, doctors, whoever, uh, journalists, writers, um, cashiers, you name it are also like musicians who think about these things in a creative uh a different different side of the brain path. I think it's a net good and this service directly targets them. It helps them out. It is the secret market that you've unveiled. So, you've kind of laid out some of these like new ideas um these I guess next steps so to speak of the company. Could you maybe talk a little bit about like beyond that, like what, what do you see and hope for in your ideal world? T- like 20 years from now, where is Trala? What, what has it done? Uh, what have you done?
0: <laughs> 20 years from now, that's,
2: uh,
0: boy. Um, let, let me say a couple things that I want to see. And I don't expect that. Like we talked about a lot of really like high vision stuff. um, and I don't expect that you know one company. If a company gets large, then there are so many problems that always occur, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if if we have you know ten million, hundred million subscribers, mm-hmm. there's probably going to be articles about terror. Like there, there's just weird things that that we have, <laughs> right? Like
2: terrorist playing violin. Uh-
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I re- recently heard um, the the head of trust and safety at eBay um, talk about all the crazy stuff that they had to deal with, things that I can't people even imagine would buy and sell on eBay. Um, <laughs> oh my
1: God, it's the problem with scale too. Oh my gosh, absolutely. That's one of those. One of those hard to have ideas on it
0: that's what we call champagne problems um champagne yeah. <laughs> problems
1: you need a lamborghini to like cry inside of yeah, cuz yeah. like that's it's you're still a human right so i'm <laughs> i'm curious like as a ceo because like it's so funny uh last last month i like decided that i was going to go in a ceo mode um and after the fireworks stopped started dying down around like July 20th. I really was starting to wake up at 6 a.m. every single day, a trend that continues to this day. But I find it's very difficult to stay, you know, when you're building a podcast or when you're building your social media, when you're managing your own, you're being your own manager, it's really hard to manage everything. What are some methods that you do to, be able to mitigate the incredible information overload that you likely face every single day.
0: Um, you know, sleep, nutrition, exercise. If you hit those three, then then you're probably pretty good. It was sleep, what
1: nutrition, exercise, nutrition, exercise.
0: Um, I mean, everybody's got their own way of, of figuring it out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we, our, our world demands so much from us, and. It's you're never gonna. It's, it was, what did somebody say to me today? That it, managing expectations—it's all about managing expectations. That's the, the key to being unhappy. Is if you set your expectations at an unreasonable level, because you you'll just always be stressed about where you are.
2: Whoa, there's I think there's some like quote <laughs> where it's like, uh, like the the like the formula for happiness is the is the difference between how. How you see the, how you see the world and how you think the world should be, and rather than how it is, and like the larger the difference, the more unhappy you're gonna be. Uh, but it, it seems like it, like you keep boiling things down to the fundamentals. Like these aren't like like the the process is a radical idea, but the foundations are not radical. It's rooted in just what is. People are entertained by these things. People want to play music, they can't. It, and you're just like solving these little problems. How do I take care of myself? Uh, it's it's not going out there and you're not like juicing yourself up on steroids. Uh, uh,
1: or you could be. Sponsor like, of the
2: pod. Goodness, steroids. steroids. <laughs> but um, but, <laughs> but you're, you're going through, yeah, yeah we don't want to dox our funders here. But you know, like, you, you, you didn't come out and it's not like some wild radical plan. It's like, how do you take care of yourself? Sleep, nutrition, exercise. Like the things we all know are good for us and you didn't just like promote a specific, uh, wellness program. But, uh, I think it, the, the good thing too, is just, you know, you, are forward facing CEO. It's not, you're not behind the curtain. It's not, where's the Oz. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you've it you're just like, wait, there's just like someone standing there,
1: with like the off screen, off screen. Yeah. It's like the Phantom Menace is like, you're just Darth Maul, but there's Sidious in the background. <laughs> He's going to pull out his dual dual
2: bowed lightsaber. <laughs> but um, so thanks again for coming for on. This thing. is incredible. Obviously, we We want to promote anyone who's doing anything interesting uh, and even better if they're coming out and they're changing and contributing to uh, the music community and society as a whole. So thank thank you again for all you're doing and we wish you the, the best. Uh, we'll have already mentioned all these things in the intro, uh, but... It, it, you know, where can other people go and find you uh, other than just downloading the app? Where Where else can they come and follow what you're doing?
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, number one thing right now for us is I'm actually not going to plug socials first is com slash careers. Mm. Um, anybody who's, who's interested in, in working with us, who shares that vision, we are hiring. We are okay. hiring. Okay. Get our,
1: you a I'm job happy. in the pandemic. It's a job. <laughs> this is it folks.
0: Maybe one of the only things,
1: maybe the only
0: music company in right 2020 now. that is hiring.
1: There you go. What else do you need? Not- that that's, that's the plug. Yeah, that's, that's the a plug. sound bite.
0: <laughs> um, but, you know, go to our Instagram, um, you know, at Trala app, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, we have all those, um, or just search violin on the app store.
1: Beautiful. oh, Violin on the app store. Look, that I'm S- still E-O SEO Master Mastery. Off off the off the record, we don't have to have a chat, Sam, because I'm trying to own the word viola. I'm trying to figure out how I'll get <laughs> <laughs> we can talk Oh yeah, them. and your final chance to I uh, know not one of your interviews you just
2: you're like no you know, fuck tubas. I'm not gonna make the tuba. Uh, so now is your chance <laughs> to apologize to our large tuba based audience. <laughs>
0: Did right. I you yep. say that. <laughs>
1: Tomorrow uh, said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my god. You well, you did, we didn't we paraphrased uh, yeah. you. It oh, was, uh, good, good, good. yeah, you were just yeah, like, man, we're just... not going to make it for tubas, but yeah, the yeah. the the ultimate goal is, I believe, in the business insider is to cover the the suite of orchestral instruments.
0: Yep, we're going to the symphony orchestra. Oh, we're going to, snap. we're going to the symphony orchestra.
1: Yeah, I love it. Oof.
2: But thank, thank, I mean, thanks again. It was great, it was great to speak with you. And just, you know, keep it going. Yes, keep so it going. Don't stop.
0: Drew, same, same to you. I, I love what you're doing here. Thank you for having me on. It's of it's course. an absolute pleasure to talk for 90 minutes about what I care about, what I do all day. So I really appreciate
1: it. We're happy We'd to love have you. It. Thanks for coming through, bro. Talk soon. Yeah. Bye. always thought about what if we had a segment at the end after the interview that we kind of just like shared some of our reflections on it because i think that's more of that was more of a reflection afterward that could fit afterward okay welcome
2: everybody this is the first uh epilogue we haven't workshopped a name for this segment uh but it's where we reflect upon things uh, a fake log uh first notes come on brandy master uh, come in here
1: f- come through come Faking through. files no uh, f- uh the faking thought i don't know i i think it's just like (laughs) on second thought i'm just thinking i'm like thinking about stuff for my brand too major minor seconds (laughs) i don't want to have anything minor
2: (laughs) that's anything with the word minor in it that's that's bad for seo we're gonna workshop it, but but
1: (laughs) we're gonna workshop that uh, major seconds well he's one of us bro He's one, He's of, one us. of us. He, he said. He said in the interview, "I'm trying to just get a little. I know I don't know a lot, so I'm just trying to get a bit better every single day." And if that is not the tagline of Faking Notes podcast, <laughs> I don't know what is. I don't know what our branding is. You know. <laughs> and one thing that I do want to say that tickled me pink was that uh, he felt like we, the Faking Notes podcast, is a door into the music community. So, uh, can we get that on some Words? shirts? Can yeah, we just yeah. Get let's some get shirts with a door on it. <laughs> <laughs> music community. It's
2: like, yeah, the music, the music community, and the uh, uh, fistula community. Big fans of the pod.
1: But fistulas and doors have in common—they open up portals to new realms. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like a
2: fish dealer really is the ultimate like synthesis of ideas. And, uh, it's, it's really materials. a door. It's just we're breaking down <laughs> barriers. Breaking uh,
1: down barriers. <laughs> you know, fish dealers just need a rebranding. I think that's their problem. <sighs> Factual. So fistulas come come at us. Uh, we take we'll take your money. We'll promote you um, as long as you need. But. Anyway, we, we just had this really dope interview and there are a couple of things, like, it's so funny, like in this interview in particular, I felt like I could keep asking him questions. He was, he was so forthcoming and vulnerable and honest in all of his answers. Uh, You can hear it. He's, he's an
2: incredibly humble, he's incredibly smart, he's incredibly driven. And this is the type of, these are the type of people, you know, we want to help uh, affect change Mm -hmm. in our community and in our society. At large, it's it's not dollar signs. Uh, it's it's not uh, there's th- like the the mission is the driving force. Almost every decision is driven by the mission. And I think there's a lot we can always learn from that. Aligning what you want to do with your mission, whatever it is, if it's service, uh, w- what have it. Uh, but I think, you know, like the when you when you speak to someone like this, it is it's inspiring to have someone uh, who's driven and who's going out and just doing it. That's the thing we always talk about, uh, all of our guests. You've you've heard it
1: out of how many? We've had over like well, 20 even plus guests. most recently, like, Taylor Rossi was talking about uh, how do you solve, or we talked about how do you solve a problem or how do you see a problem and how do you create an infrastructure to solve that pain point, that problem. And a huge pain for, point for people is like, if you buy a violin, starting to play the damn thing. It is so like labor intensive, it's intimidation. Intensive. Ugh.
2: And so what Sam has done is just gone out and like tried to solve that problem, like uh, like many of our guests, like like they just and and even better when it's something else outside of music that you can bring in to help solve that with Taylor web mm-hmm. design, uh, with 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 almost all of our guests something else and Sam coming in from that computer background uh, built an app. To, uh, bringing these different worlds together, bringing in the business mm. community, finding funding in the business community and bringing that over in the music. That funding could have gone towards anything
1: else. It could have gone towards it a goes new to washing to the banks machine. to be, be honest, bro. Have, but don't, don't study about how banks work. You'll want to, yeah, you'll just want to yeah.
2: riot. <laughs> but he, he brought that into our community
1: and, um,
2: uh, and he's, and he's, he's yeah. here to stay. This is this company's yeah. here to stay. Um, it's inspiring to see, it's inspiring just to see someone come, kind of come through, do it, put things into action, and really c- continue. It's four years in; that's a grind. I'm sure there's a lot of failures in there. Uh, we didn't quite, quite push too hard on that in this interview, but like I'm next sure time, I just, just want to hear hands. about all your failures. Next time, bro. it's grilling.
1: Spill the beans. It's
2: gonna be UFC, UFC ring, and like knee to the face. No, but. Um, It just didn't come up naturally in this particular conversation. But I'm sure just along the way, and he admitted like learning process. He's like, if you had, you know, someone worked for me three years ago, I'm a different person Mm. today. And I think that is a big takeaway. Just the awareness of that, knowing that we're going to keep growing and that you can keep going out there and improving uh, who you are, what you do. And what you're going to do for others. So it's a great episode. Uh, thank you for making it this far towards our unbranded Take epilogue. our podcast
1: for instance. Uh, like if you've been listening since the beginning about a year ago to now, wow. it's a different podcast. So welcome. <laughs> We're a little better at this and now. Um, and so yes, if you if you think we've gotten better, if you think we've earned five stars and a review from you, Uh, Please leave that for us. Like, we're really trying to build this podcast. And if it's, you know, if you're driving in your car with your quarantine roommate, you know, flip it on. Like, tell a friend. Tell a friend. Like, that's what we want this to happen.
2: Or what we want to have happen is just for this to get shared. We enjoy our conversations. We really love hearing from you. Sam has been building his community, and that's what we want to do. So go help Sam out, help us out, be a part of the community, come on the pod and, you know, we read everything, reach out to us. We love hearing from you. We love talking to you and dragging you on to our own <laughs> podcast. So you want to come off
1: the screen? Because like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't want to like, I, I don't want. We're not going to have any yeah, terror. Bro, I mean, I just, sure. I'm thinking about all the minions that are listening and I just, I don't think that'd be a, <laughs> We we know who the super super fan fans are. Shout so out! We, talk to us. We love y'all. Peace. <laughs>
2: it's like we signed off like twelve times. <laughs> All right. Talk soon to you, everybody.